Hello, 49ers fans. Welcome back to the Talking Touchdowns podcast. I am joined, as always, with by Stowe Cali Steph. Hey, Steph. Hey, Tracy. How are you? I am good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm pretty excited about today's guest. I am, too, you guys. We have Kate Scott, who is the morning sports anchor at KMBR. She does play-by-play at the Pac-12 Network and recently did play-by-play for the last two 49ers preseason games. Kate, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. We, oh, we're so excited to have you. This is a real treat for us and for our listeners. So we appreciate your time. Uh, so I thought we would delve right in to Kate's experience doing play-by-play these last couple weeks. As I mentioned, she does it for the Pac-12 Network, but the 49ers was a new experience. Kate, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. It was it was definitely a new experience, um, especially because uh, all, most of the play-by-play I've done up to this point has been television, uh, and that's what I do for the Pac-12 Network. It's all TV, uh, and I don't actually do football for the Pac-12. I do I do volleyball and softball and, and basketball and soccer. Um, so making the transition, I've, I've done football play-by-play in the past, obviously. They wouldn't have offered me this opportunity if I hadn't. I've been doing high school football since back in 2011. Um, but, but there's a huge difference between TV and radio because in TV – you can see what's going on. So you're pretty, pretty much the, the way it's described to you when you're first learning play-by-play is you're captioning pictures because everybody can see the picture. So you don't need to state the obvious. Uh, you can just, you know, maybe talk about something that somebody may not have realized on, on that play. Um, but with radio, I had to describe everything. So that was, that was a big um, jump for me because not only is it NFL, football, but you're also having to describe absolutely everything so that, you know, if a blind person was listening to your broadcast, that's kind of how you have to imagine it. Um, so that was that was a major leap, and I had to get all my football terminology down and kind of had to refresh things and make sure I knew which, you know, route was what, and um, so that was a big thing. And then also just the, the number of players on a preseason roster um, mm-hmm. is pretty crazy in comparison to you know like I'm, uh, my first um, call for the Pac-12 this this year is I'm calling a volleyball match down at Stanford on Sunday and you know there's going to be 13 or 14 or 15 girls on each squad and maybe 10 or 11 of them will play and then you go to football and it's preseason so you've got 90 on each team um, so that was pretty overwhelming so uh, a lot of my prep in addition to just getting kind of refreshed and making sure I was on with all the football terms was who are the 90 guys that the 49ers have on their roster why are listeners going to want to care about these guys what's an interesting tidbit that I can bring to the air and that hopefully fans and listeners can then take back to you know the water cooler or the coffee pot or whatever on Monday and be like, oh, did you hear about, you know, Marcus Rush, Michigan State, all-time leading start guy for them? He had a pretty good Sunday. You know, something like that. Um, So those were the the main things that I was focusing on and trying – pretty much not to suck at, as I was telling a lot of my friends. <laughs> that, that was pretty much the goal. And people were like, what, what are you trying to do? And I was like, well, I don't want to suck because I, don't, I really don't want to set the entire gender back, you know, 20 right. years since these opportunities are so few and far between. Um, but, I mean, as far as what the opportunity was like, it was just incredible, you know, being down with the players at training camp and just you – I think sometimes forget since we often are watching the games on TV or listening on the radio when you are standing 10 feet away from these guys 
it is incredible how fast they are and how, how hard they are hitting and how athletic they are. Um, and then getting to be with the team all week in Denver, they're a really group, good group of guys, which is wonderful. Because those of us who cover sports don't always get to cover great guys, you know. There's plenty of not good guys who play sports as well. Um, right. But everyone was really wonderful to me from the coaching staff down to the equipment guys. Um, I got to spend a good chunk of time with Tank Carradine and Quentin Dial. I had lunch with Curtis Monkins, the offensive coordinator, and Tom Rathman and stuff. So it was. it's really nice to know that not only was I covering for the past couple of weeks a team that's good, but, I mean, I grew up a Niners fan. That's why this is so much more exciting for me. Um, so it's it's cool to know that this year you're going to be rooting for a good group of guys too. I yeah. think you bring up a really good point that I think this team has made a concerted effort over the last couple of years to bring in a really good group of guys. Um, and I was actually at training camp a couple of weeks ago for a few days and I noticed the same thing. It is a good group of guys and it seems like, and Kate, I'd love to see your opinion on this or hear, hear your opinion on this. Um, it seems like this is a group of guys that's gelling as a unit and that actually seems to like each other and like playing with each other. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. And, you know, I know that not all sports fans feel this way, but I definitely think that chemistry and liking who you play with matters and can result in more wins than you would have otherwise if you're playing with people you don't like. But that's been one of the, yeah, the things that I got out of, out of camp and being with the guys this past week as well is that uh, – they are all competing for the same job. There's a lot of positions open, a lot of starting positions on this team open. But the guys seem to really want each other to succeed. I mean, that was really obvious to me when the wideout position is wide open. Um, you know, we've got Tory Smith and everybody else. And, mm-hmm. and, and everybody... I, I think truly does have a shot. There's not a couple of guys to me who, oh no, they don't have a shot. I don't even know why they're trying. Everybody really has a shot. And when they're doing one-on-ones, when they're just, you know, going 11 on 11, after a guy makes a play, it's his other wideouts who are giving him, you know, the slap on the helmet, the pat on the butt that are excited for him. So, so yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that the chemistry does so far seem good. Now, granted, they haven't played a game, so everything could go to hell if they lose a couple. <laughs> right. But right, right now, things things are looking good. <laughs> and Steph, um, Kate brings up the wideout position, which I know we talked a lot about um, around the draft and free agency. That was a position you'd really wanted to see somebody big and exciting come in, and, and they didn't necessarily bring anybody in like that. Who have you seen so far in these preseason games that you are excited about? Uh, oh, oh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead Steph. Steph, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Okay, I wasn't sure you were talking to her. Um, I do like, obviously, Torrey Smith, but I think he's getting older. His ability to stretch the field is good. I really wanted somebody that they could – that they could do the slant and the, the the quick things where they could get the ball out and away from the quarterback and give extend some plays here. I haven't seen completely what I want. I'm a little bit uh, biased. I don't. I'm not totally in love with um, Quentin Patton. I know that's kind of sacrilegious as a fan. So I don't know. I'm still kind of in a wait and see mode. Have you, have you, what do you think about Bruce Ellington, aside from the fact that injuries are continually a problem? I think Bruce Ellington is a decent option. I just, we'll see what happens, I guess. I'm, I think everything's different in the preseason than in mm-hmm. real life. So we'll see. You know, I think he looks okay and he looks good. I just am I'm a little hesitant to jump on that bandwagon. 
I think that's fair. I think also the wideouts are very dependent on everyone's favorite position to talk about, especially on this team. And that is, of course, you guessed it, the quarterback position. Um, we are apparently going to be seeing some Colin Kaepernick this week. He was throwing on the sidelines. Kate, were you able to see any of that up close? I did see it up close. Um, but, you know, it's throwing on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> it looks great because there's no one rushing you and there's no reason for you to miss the guy you're throwing to. So, but yes, I did see, I did see him throwing on the sideline. Well, I, I guess at least it's progress that he was throwing. I guess <laughs> yes. we'll look at it that way. Good point. <laughs> because when I was there, the first day I was there, he was throwing. And then the rest of the time I was there, it was a lot of hands off, handoffs and, and mock, you know, running back basically when Gabbert would run back and just drills. Yeah. Um, so the fact that he's throwing was at least progress. But I think Friday, assuming he actually throws, will be a very interesting day. I know a lot of fans are excited about Jeff Driscoll. I think a lot of people were excited about Christian Ponder the other night. Um, I don't... I mean, depends on Cap, frankly, and his health and what he looks like. But I, I don't think Christian Ponder is going to end up on this team. Um but I think Friday will be an interesting night. In my opinion, this quarterback competition is still wide open. Gabbert had a better night the other night, but I still haven't seen anything to me that makes it like, I mean, it's just a no-brainer. And part of that, of course, is that we haven't seen Cap. But um, that, that's just my opinion. I'd love to see what hear what you guys think on that. Well, I'll go first. Um, I'm right there with you. I think that... Um, Gabbard hasn't done anything to prove that he is the guy just yet to me. He's made some good passes, but he's made some bad passes as well. Uh, one that stuck out to all of us up in the booth on Saturday night was he had Carlos Hyde down the right sideline on a wheel route at the start of the game, wide open. And he was getting pressure, and he just needed to hold the ball like a second longer because he knew he was going to get hit. It was one of those, okay, you, everybody in the stadium can tell the quarterback's going to get hit. But at the same time, everyone can see the guy who's wide open down the sideline. And he just let go of it a little bit too early and threw it out of bounds. Um, so it's plays like that that I want my starting quarterback for the 49ers to be at least willing to make, to, you know, take the hit and stuff. So he hasn't done anything for me yet to prove that he can be an elite quarterback and can truly, hands down, not even see anything Kaepernick can or can't do is the starting quarterback. And at the same time, I mean, we know that Kaepernick can be absolutely incredible when he's good. So I understand why Chip Kelly and the 49ers haven't named a starter yet, because I think they want to they see what Cap's got, and hopefully, hopefully we'll see that on Friday night. I don't know, Steph, what do you think? I, I agree 100%. I mean, one of the things that I was looking forward to in this season is a true quarterback battle, because that's what the 49ers have said all along, is that they were going to give both quarterbacks equal opportunity to win the job. So I'm hoping that they stick to that and we actually get to see Colin Kaepernick. Of course, his health is an issue. Um, and I'm over here, you know, crossing my fingers, hoping he gets better, um, because I do want to see him. And I, I want him to not only get physically better, but also his mental state. I want to see where he is. I want to see if he's willing to stand out there and stay in that pocket and trust those receivers and get out there and, you know, throw the throw the ball. Like, we've seen some incredible plays that, you know, like I've said before, few quarterbacks in the NFL have. So I'm really excited to see if he can get there. Whether or not he does is another story, but um, it's just, it's a wide open 
battle at this point. I was actually watching a little bit of tape, um, which may be words I've never said before, and I am a huge fan, but um, I'm, I'm not necessarily one that goes back and watches a lot of film over and over again. But that being said, I was watching a little bit of film on Cap in the Green Bay playoff game a couple years ago when it was like zero degrees and he yeah. didn't have yeah. sleeves and the whole thing. And I was like, you know, that that game, that was it. He won that game. He was on, and that was a hard game because it was freezing. Um, it was really hard to get anything done. And he had such a game that day, such a command um, of his team on the road. And I just thought if that guy could come back, I don't know where he, where he is or where he went, and maybe he is back. But if that guy, that confidence came back, then he really has the opportunity to regain this team and regain his job. It's just a matter of if that happens. Um, maybe that happens this Friday in this preseason battle against the Green Bay Packers, ironically <laughs> enough. But um, I just, you know, wondered, where'd that guy go? I want that guy back. Um, yeah, then yeah. that guy went to Carolina and won, but then that guy went to Seattle and lost. And in my opinion, that's where a lot of it started to unravel. Um, but... It'll be interesting to see what happens. I agree with you, Steph. It would be great to see this quarterback battle that we've been hearing so much about. It's been a bit of a letdown, I think, from a fan perspective that we haven't seen this battle over the last couple weeks. So hopefully he truly is going to play this week. I, I don't agree with the people, and maybe it's just naivete, but I don't agree with the people that say he won't take another snap this season. I, just, I agree. And, Kate, hey, I know you had a chance to talk to Chip Kelly. Do you think he's going to have an impact on Cap? Well, I think if Kaepernick plays, he definitely will, um, because it, I, I see them even when Cap hasn't been, um, you know, physically able to go in the drills the last couple of weeks, and he's right there next to coach talking, and, and Kelly seems to really be coaching him up, and they seem to, you know, not just be shooting the crap, they seem to actually be <laughs> trying to help him get better. So, I yeah. mean, if nothing else... We see what he did with the quarterbacks he had in Philadelphia, which to me was incredible that he made Nick Foles look good for a season and that he made Mark Sanchez look pretty good for a little while. I mean, we saw what Sanchez can also be on Saturday night, which is <laughs> he looked awful. Just, <laughs> and, now, yeah. and now all of a sudden there's a quarterback controversy in Denver again. Maybe Paxton Lynch is starting for them. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think that Kelly can also be – whatever you want to call it, you know, the quarterback whisperer that we see that label put on a lot of different coaches. But this is this is the matchup we always wanted to see the last couple of years, right? The matching. We wanted to see what would happen if Chip Kelly and Colin Kaepernick got together. So I do think that if Cap is healthy, that, yeah, that magic might happen. I just don't know if we're going to see that. Time will tell. It's like one of the great mysteries right now of Santa Clara is Colin Kaepernick and wet. I mean, it's it's really funny for a man who hasn't taken a snap yet this preseason. He gets talked about pretty much more than anything else, which I think is amazing. Um, but that also, I think, speaks to what we know he can do. And exactly. that's why people that, talk about it. And I it. think that was the interesting thing, too, out in Denver, um, because they had fans at the first practice on Wednesday. Um, and as the 49ers were walking off, you know, people were yelling at Torrey Smith and Bruce Miller and Joe Staley. But it was like a mass of fans who were calling out to Colin Kaepernick. And awesome. here was the guy who really wasn't, you know, practicing that much that day. He was going through the motions. But once they got into the stuff that all the fans were cheering about, the 11 on 11, he he was just standing on the sideline. But everyone wanted his autograph and his picture. And even at the hotel, 
you know, you're not really supposed to do this, but a, a couple of people on staff definitely asked if they could take a picture with him and they weren't asking anyone else. So there is still that. We remember what you did a couple of years ago and it was incredible and we loved it. So now what? So yeah, I, I don't know. Where'd he go? Let's find out. Let's find out where the great mystery, where did Colin Kaepernick go? And is yeah. he coming back? <laughs> uh, I also think he's, and he's great with the fans. I mean, that's, Certainly, you know, he gets a lot of flack for a lot of things, but he's really great with the fans and he Mm -hmm. will take pictures and he will sign, um, which is, you know, always nice to see. Was there any, this is such a silly question, but I would feel remiss if I didn't ask because you were in Denver. Was there any Cap Elway hello? Was there any sort of (laughs) awkwardness? I feel feel like I have to ask, even though it kind of makes me cringe that I'm asking. (laughs) uh, There might have been, but I didn't see one. Um, At the joint practices, um, Elway was, they they have kind of an elevated platform that you can watch from, and he was up there with a couple of other business-looking men, so he wasn't down on the field. Um, And uh, something might have happened pregame, but again, I, I was paying attention to other things. So, to my knowledge, no, but you might want to seek a second source. <laughs> you know what? I'm fine with your knowledge. I'm good. I'm good. You're our guest today, so I'm good with your knowledge. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, changing gears a little bit, I'd love to talk about the defense because this young defense, I think, is going to be a real bright spot for this team this year. And I think we saw at times last season that they were a bright spot, inconsistent, but if there were bright spots, it was that young defense, and I really think they're coming together. I'd love to hear both of your opinions um, on that. I think Eric Armstead and DeVorest Buckner are going to be quite a force to be reckoned with. Our secondary is starting to really look good. So, uh, Steph, let's start with you. Who are you excited to see, and what have you seen in these last couple games that you're pumped up for with them? I'm, of course, you know, so excited at about Navarro Bowman. I think he's, um, he, anything that he does, he does a good job at. And I think he's a very positive, you know, role model for all the, you know, Will Hoyts and all the other um, kids out there. The secondary, I think, is really probably the one thing to use a term that Kate uses is they're probably the one part of our team that didn't suck completely. <laughs> um, the secondary last year was, it was all right, you know, so I think that um, they can really improve considering what they have now to work with. I think it's going to be a breakout year for a couple of these kids. I think uh, Joukowsky Tart's a big one. Um, I think Jimmy Ward is going to have a good season. So I think everything's going to really work out for the best. Uh, I agree. And interesting with Bowman, they're still really trying everybody next to him. Uh-huh. Kate, what do you think? Well, who's Who do you think has the edge? It's hard to tell right now because they're all getting a lot of snaps next to him. I know. That's the hard thing. Um, and, and they all have different skill sets, which is what we've heard from, you know, the defensive coordinator, Jim O'Neill, that you've got you've got Will Hoyts and you've got uh, Gerald Hodges and then you've got uh, Ray Ray Armstrong. And they, they all have shown flat. Ashes. And one of the things that I think is going to be interesting is that Chip Kelly's defenses in Philly, I'm sure you guys have talked about this, played the most snaps out of any defense every year. Because if your offense goes three and out as quickly sometimes as your offense might, if you're doing the Chip Kelly thing, um, you know, the defense plays a lot. So maybe it's going to be Navarro Bowman and a rotating guy beside Mm -hmm. him, which might be okay, you know, depending on what sort of set the other team is running. Um, But I think think that Marcus Rush, you know, that was great when he had a great game Mm -hmm. on Saturday night. 
again, who knows? Because it was against, you know, the twos and threes for the Broncos. So maybe it was because of the Broncos' crappy offensive line. Or maybe he's going to be, you know, the next Chris Borland. Who knows? Um, but it was good to see flashes. And I'm, I'm there with Steph on the um, secondary. I think that they are really – I think that this could be a breakout year for a number of guys because a bunch of the guys back there have been there for three or four years. So now it's kind of put, or sh- put up or shut up here, not only because of contract reasons, but also because – They've been in the NFL now long enough, so it's time for them to step up. You know, Kenneth Acker looked really bad in week one, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. And then he looks better on Saturday night and had that interception at the end of the game, so that was Mm -hmm. good. Um, Richard Robinson is a guy that we've heard a lot about in in the preseason camp and stuff. Um, And granted, he was playing against the threes and stuff on Saturday night, but he had a couple of great pass breakups. Um, Keith Reeser, who is super fast, I think he ran like a four three at the combine. Oh, he had a couple of pass breaks up, pass breakups uh, in the second half as well. So yeah, I'm really excited about this 49ers defense. I don't think it's going to be as smooth and great as it was back in 2012 when there were so many veterans. I think there's definitely going to be hiccups because of the youth, but I think at the same time there could be some wow, how did he just do that because they're so young. And I think next season and in the subsequent seasons, this team, this defense could be like the 2012 defense. I mean, I do yeah. think that there is that kind of talent. Um, it just needs to be molded. But I, I do think that there is that kind of talent on this team. I'm not saying we have a Patrick Willis, but I think we have a number of really good players that put together, rotating, et cetera, could yeah. do some yeah, really so. special things um, for this team. So I am excited about that. And, you know, defense wins championships, so... That's, there's, we got that going. It's not. I am not suggesting the 49ers are winning a Super Bowl this year, but um, I'm just saying I do not want that to be confused at all because I'm certainly not suggesting that. Uh, but um, I, I'm interested and excited to see how this group develops this season and in subsequent seasons for sure. Um, and then yeah. run, running back, I think, is an interesting one to talk about. Um, you know, I know Mike Davis had a rougher night the other night uh, with the fumbles, I saw Matt Barrows tweeted actually right before we started that to start off practice, there were some drills at protecting the football um, because th- that has been a bit of an issue in these first two preseason games. Um, but the running back position is an interesting one. Obviously, Carlos Hyde. Um, I see it being Carlos Hyde, Sean Drone, Mike Davis. Um, and I'm, I've always been a big Mike Davis fan, so I've been excited to see him do well, even with the hiccups the other night. What are your thoughts? I'll start with Kate and then Steph. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. And we had um, Chip Kelly on the Murphy Mac show on Monday morning, and he confirmed what you just said, Tracy, that um, Hyde is the one that Sean Drone, despite not playing much because of that rib injury um, against the Texans, is his number two. And then it's going to come down to the guys we saw a lot of on Saturday, Mike Davis um, and Dewan Harris. And uh, I, I like what Davis has shown, but I the fumbles, man, three fumbles in two weeks in preseason football, that's that's pretty scary to me. Um, did he and, fumble week one, or was it Dewan Harris that fumbled week one? They, Hyde, Hyde did, too. Hyde, Hyde fumbled week one. I don't think Mike Davis fumbled week one. Okay. I don't Maybe think. A- I think it was Hyde and Dewan Harris who fumbled week one, but Davis did fumble Saturday night. I believe yes, twice, actually. Bad. So <laughs> twice is still – maybe he made up for not fumbling week one by fumbling twice in week two. <laughs> See, now I feel like he's done it four times. Yeah, now he's just has never held on to the football. 
<laughs> but I mean, just seeing Coach Rathman's face at the end of the game on Saturday night, he was just not happy. Um, so I'm right there with you. I really love the flashes we saw from Chandrone last mm-hmm. year. I loved the flashes even mm-hmm. that Carlos Hyde has shown. But that's the scary thing for me as a 49ers fan is that Hyde was on IR midway through the season last year. Mm-hmm. That Chandrone was you know, mm-hmm. on IR by December. And Mike Davis was hurt last year, too. So he's fumbling and he's hurt. So I'm cautiously optimistic about the options they have. What about you, Steph? I'm I'm the same way. I think that their run game, it's just, it's just inferior to what we've seen in the past. We've always been a running team. But um, I, personally, the way Carlos Hyde runs, he... he He's not afraid of contact, which is good in a lot of ways, but he gets hurt. And that's mm-hmm. something that I think he's going to have to reconfigure his run game where he's finding the holes. And, and, and to his credit, he didn't get a lot of the offensive line support last year. So he was trying to barrel through the, you know, barrel through the defense and it just didn't work for him. So I'm hoping that they can work as a unit so he's not working all by himself, that he, he really sees you know, good gaps and that he can get through versus just trying to barrel through. He's just not, he's just wasn't successful in that way of running. So I'm hoping that these guys can find some kind of chemistry, work as a unit, work with their offensive line and their quarterback, which is all, you know, Mm -hmm. scary to think about. (laughs) But I think that if they can figure that out and work as a unit and do that, I think all of them can do a good job. I just, um, uh, you know, I, I know Hyde's definitely the number one. I think Chandrone is can do the job and you know back him up very well, um, take a lot of snaps. But I know he's hurt now, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see what what happens. Um, I was I was kind of hoping they would pick up somebody uh, even in the free agency period. There was a lot of talent there. The Forty ers just don't go that route. So you know, I'm just waiting seeing what they're going to do. Seems to, it's kind of a 49er theme. It's just wait, wait, <laughs> wait and see what they're going to do with our cautious optimism. Yeah. <laughs> Managing expectations. Um, and then I think the offensive line, obviously, um, Steph, you brought that up, and that is a very good point. It is massively improved over yeah. last season, um, and I think that will help this team. In my head, this team is going to be a strong defense and we'll hope for the best with the offense. Um, and hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully it's better than that. But I do think the upgrades of the offensive line obviously will help both the quarterbacks and the running backs. In my opinion, um, you may, you can all, you may have a different opinion, but feel free. No, to I agree with you. I mean, I think that's one of the most unsexy groups to talk about, right? (laughs) Everyone wants to talk about the wideouts and Mm -hmm. the running backs and the quarterbacks, but none of this works unless you have a good offensive line. And I think that was one of the things that we forget that we talked about so much last year, that the offensive line was awful. Um, You know, they were, people were hurt and it was just a mess all year long. And I'm right there with you. That's one of the things, again, that we're not talking about that much this preseason because it's not that sexy, but it is great that we're talking about Oh, Anthony Davis moved from right tackle to right guard because they have that depth, because Mm -hmm. they have that ability this year, that they've got other people like Trent Brown who can step up and start at right tackle this year. So I think that could be one of actually the big 
successes on the 49ers this year if guys stay healthy and if they if they gel um that that could really help the 49ers figure out the other positions that we were talking about if you got a good offensive line your quarterback has longer to think your running back has better gaps to run through so yeah i'm glad that you brought up the unsexy yet sexy (laughs) offensive line (laughs) it it really makes everybody better or worse depending you know on how they play so i'm really focusing on this group it was something that you know a lot of people use as an excuse for cab and gabber and the running backs and the wideouts. you know every you know if we don't have a people to run block or we don't have people to you know pass block it's nothing goes anywhere so our offensive game last season was pretty offensive mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, um but it's I, it's something that you see a lot that working a lot better. So I'm hoping that it can work smoothly and like that unit needs to come together. And uh, I'm hoping that that's where Chip Kelly is going to really help the team. I think it needs all the help it can get. Well, of that there's, there's no doubt <laughs> that definitely needs all the help it can get. You know, if nothing else, I do think this team will be better than it was last year. Um, the five and 11 team, which was really, if we're being honest, a three and 13 team, um, I think will be improved. I, you know, I'd love to see them go eight and eight. They could go seven and nine and six and ten. But if they look better than they did last year, I'll consider it a success of yeah. sorts. If they go eight and eight, I may have a Super Bowl party and pretend like we won the Super Bowl <laughs> because I will consider it about this with that schedule. This team it would be, um, it would be amazing. So that is my, those are my feelings on that. Um, well, I think we've covered all of our bases. Wrong sport, but I still think we have covered all of our bases here. Um, you guys, this has been great. Kate, you, thank you so much for joining us. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Talking Touchdowns podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Talking Touchdowns podcast. To subscribe to me on YouTube, 49ers Fangirl. And tweet us at Kate T. Scott, at SoCaliSteph at 49ers Fangirl. Go Niners! Go Niners!